We've been having like some all-star guests. All-star I, I've all-star been, guests. I've been enjoying each and every one of them. And you know what else I love too? It's yeah. like it's not just all males, all females. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a little bit of everybody. It's a little bit so of everybody. We got going on. It's exciting, you know. So Makes I'm, sense. I'm happy to be back. This is a the uh, the podcast where we have extraordinary conversations with extraordinary people, absolutely doing extraordinary absolutely. things. And again, I say this every week, but. Today is definitely no different. (laughs) We have such an amazing individual. I cannot wait to dive into her story. Absolutely. Um, But before we dive in, Avi, I got to just, I got to just stop for a second. I got to pause for a second. Okay. Uh We pausing. What's pausing? What we pausing on? That hot pink right now. You you killing it right now with the hot pink. She said the hot pink. The hot pink. Oh. Oh, you. you see that though? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, nah, it's looking super. Like I, I love the it's whole the bracelet. Look. Like it's everything. You got, the, you got the whole look going on. You know, I didn't even honestly. I was just like, you know, I saw you to black and white, and I was just like, yeah, like look, look, we kind of coordinate. We coordinate. You got to coordinate. 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 No, but no, I love the look. You know, because I know obviously we your visual podcast, visual show. And you know we gotta mm-hmm. you know we gotta look at part. I gotta step it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I decided step to. I, yeah, just a little. Do bit. you not do that every day? <laughs> I what I don't. No, <laughs> no I don't either. No, <laughs> I be looking rough some days. But you, we won't be able to tell. I Tina won't be able okay. to tell. So I'm doing but, a good job then. Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So I wanted to wear pink, right? Because okay. we're still in uh, breast awareness month, yep. right? Breast cancer we're awareness. Yes. Breast cancer awareness. Yes. yes. What did I say? I said breast <laughs> awareness. Because <laughs> you gotta be aware yeah, of the breast. Gotta be aware of the breast. <laughs> you never know. Because <laughs> anything could be happening in the breast. Yeah, be, anything, aware yeah. of the be aware breast. of the breast. Be aware of the breast. Sizes. You know everything. Um, but no, but I got this from Miss Eye Candy on Allen. Oh, nice. nice. She uh, she's at eighty four Allen Street. It's an awesome, dope boutique. I love it. And the thing that I love about boutiques as well is that you get like original things. Like it may mm-hmm. be the same thing, but just in one size. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like That's a mass it. produced thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Miss Eye Candy, please go hit her up. And actually, mm-hmm. on Instagram, she's Miss Eye Candy Allen. So, A L L E N. Hit her up. She's dope. She I'm, yeah, dope. I'm she's loving super it. Dope. She, yeah, she's loving it. Yeah, that's what I'm Conversations <laughs> when you get in there. You sit down for a while. You have those conversations, yeah, relationships. It's an inviting it's place. Dope. Yeah. It's a very like inviting it. place. Invi- I mean, inviting Alan atmosphere. is dope. It's becoming really dope, yes. though. So shout out to Miss Eye Candy Boutique. Absolutely. You know, shout out to you. Looking, Thank you. You guys are looking real fly yeah. today, Ivy. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go down there tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she got those sweaters in. She does. There's some nice she sweaters. She does. And that's exactly what, what she said. She said, make sure you come back. I got some sweaters coming in. I'll be back. Yes. It's, I'll be it's back. that season for it. Sweaters. Yeah, sweater weather. Because, you, know, so. you know, Buffalo, we could have four seasons in yeah. one day. One you day. Know, I'm burning <laughs> up right now in this sweater. <laughs> in this. But it's all good, though. You know, it's all good. I'm ready. Listen, I'm ready to dive in. Thank you. Amazing, oh, amazing yes. guest today. I'll yes. give you the uh, the honors of introducing our guest. Oh. Uh, 
Miss Itina. She is amazing. She oh. is doing some extraordinary things right now. Itina, I'm so proud of you. Oh. Um, get focused productions and the way that you're actually giving back to the kids as well. You're making sure that that they're honing in on their talents. We got to see it at uh, Tales, Tales from the Porch. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about Tales from the Porch. Oh my Literally. goodness. I was seeing I was seeing these kids running around with cameras mm-hmm. and they were really like, okay, the angles and okay, staying back so and everything. Good. They were like That's really good. getting into it. So um, so I just I just love everything that you're doing and the way that you're reaching back to make sure that the generation is is honing in on the arts because arts mm-hmm. is so important. I'm glad that yes. Buffalo is finally getting back to knowing that's important is the arts. Yes. And you're definitely a part of that industry in that community. And you. also you got a nice award from 43 North, which I want to talk mm, about yeah, as we well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to talk about that. Yes. That, was, well, that was a few years ago. It's a minute know. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, that yeah, was yeah, I was like, come on, IT. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I want to dive into it. So do you want to start? Yeah, so, you know, start it off. so Let's absolutely. So, Itina, again, as Avian said, we are uh, excited to have you here, but we really just kind of want to dive into your story a bit, right? Because mm-hmm. you are doing amazing things right now. Uh, working with the youth. Uh, and again, as she said, having these young people run around here and creating the, this incredible, incredible yeah. content. You know, um, again, I, I had the honor of being featured in the Tales from the Porch. And I you mean, featured everywhere, Jamil. Right. right. You know. I mean, just give the keys to the seat to Jamil. I mean, <laughs> tell, tell your boy, tell your boy to holler at you. You know, he, tell he, your, he may yeah, I ain't, got, I ain't got it yet. I do have a day named after me here in Buffalo. That's what's up. Oh, look at slight you. flex, slight flex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yes, I uh, I just love the work that you have been doing. I've had the opportunity to, um, like I said, do some stuff with you. We worked together on a project before, some stuff that I had going on. Um, and just seeing how you are, I mean, you're just so humble. You're so sweet. You just, you just have a really yeah. just like sweet spirit to you. Thank you know you. what I mean? So, um, but... Before all the business stuff, like there's let's 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 kind of dive into the backstory of Itina, you know. Mm-hmm. So kind of tell us a little bit about just your upbringing, like what kind of got you to the point of you know this being a creative and getting inside of that space, and mm-hmm. you know some of the things that you had to, you know some of the challenges that you've had to kind of get you to this point today. Yeah, man, I was way way deep down in some soil, mm. <laughs> you know, planted deep. And I was given, you know, these cards. You know how people say, you know, you can't choose the cards that yeah. you're given. Mm. I was given, you know, these cards in life. I was given a mother, a beautiful woman, and a father um, who, you know, is is dope in his own right, but wasn't in my life. Uh, so my, my biological mother and my biological father, unfortunately, I didn't have them growing up. Um, and I grew up in the foster care system. And me, my sister, and my brother um, were placed, you know, at an early age due to my mother's uh, just addiction to drugs and, you know, the things that she was choosing to do to fill her voids. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the story started. And then just being surrounded by opportunities, if you will, Um, my foster mother, who became my adoptive mother, just kept us involved, you know, Parent Center, Langston Hughes, mm-hmm. um, just making sure we were involved in different things. I love the arts. I did ballet. I did African dance. I did drumming. I did so many different things. And these were just these tools mm-hmm. um, to utilize voice, if mm-hmm. you will. So mm-hmm. just going through that process of 
being exposed to the arts really helped. But even before that, it was like exposure to faith. Yeah. Like my um, adopted mother, we'll call her my mom from yeah, here on out. Absolutely. She kept us in church. Mm. So it built this foundation of faith and belief and something that was a standard and that didn't alter or change. You know, God is a very, you know, solid entity, you know, not entity, but being. Yeah. And um, that didn't shake or shift. So it was faith. Um, having family and that strong, like, my mother is a no-nonsense individual. Like, she don't play. Like, mm -hmm. she was Kojic. Like, yo, get up, Ooh, get oh do boy. something. Oh yeah, okay. and she was in her 50s when she had us in her care. Oh, wow. And she raised okay. over uh, 30, not, not necessarily raised, but had over 30 foster children throughout Sheesh. her house. Right. Wow. But yes. already raised three women. And we were grown by the time. Yep. Three right. biological women. All of her children, including her adoptive children, have graduated college. Wow. And so Praise she God. did that basically on her own. So wow. I learned that grit from, from that, seeing that. And she was in her 50s. So I had an older mother. Oh, I had yeah. like a grandmother. Like a big mom, yeah. sort of, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I would attribute a lot of what you see today to a lot of that. So that faith, that grit. And that um, being exposed to other things other than just, like, your neighborhood, you know. And I'm sure we'll get into, like, programs and yeah, things that yeah. I, I, you know, invested my time in as a young person. But that's where it started. That's mm -hmm. the foundation to me. You know, there's a lot of trauma and other issues mixed into that that, <clears throat> you know, I learned that really pulled me um, to a certain point of, like, being stuck in my adulthood, mm -hmm. such as being afraid of vulnerability, yeah, um, being afraid to share, you know, my heart or emotion, being afraid to have long-lasting relationships because I'm afraid of abandonment. Mm. So a lot of that came from the way that, you know, things I was exposed to, things that I went through. So all of that makes me who I am, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm embracing it every day. Like, every day I'm, like, growing into whoever I see myself to be, you know, that, that person is not me today yet. I'm striving towards that, you know, 100%, if you will. I see. Now I'm so glad that you kind of opened up the book because I love going exactly where I'm about to go because Word. you open it up. <laughs> Let's go it. So Let's go there. the one thing that I think is unique to your story is that you grew up in the, the foster system. You know, you didn't have your, your, your biological mother. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. And I just wonder growing up like that, did you have some identity issues at mm -hmm. all did you did you did you act out because of because of that I just want to know like growing up in the foster system like that absolutely that was the the like the big issue for me not understanding where I come from mm -hmm. yeah. and I think that that's the big issue for a lot of people yeah. you know in in many different places um we see it more in our culture because of a long lasting pulling away from your roots. Right. You know, unfortunately, I was one of those statistics or numbers, if you will, or they wanted me to be one, or, um, labeled me as one. But yeah, I had a lot of issues because when I looked in the mirror at, as a young lady, I saw my biological mother, Laura, and I looked just like my, my mother. Wow. You know, I looked just like her dimple, same cheek, <laughs> brown skin. You know, just I looked just like her. So when I would look in the mirror, 
I would see that. And then so then when you see that and you're constantly told, you look just like your mom, mm-hmm. or you move like your mom, yeah, or you yeah. this, or you that, but then attribute your mother to substance abuse, right. attribute that yeah. to, like, she died from an overdose. I was three years old. Wow. You know, seeing my mom in a coffin, you know, and oh my gosh. just if I'm looking in the mirror and you're telling me, like, I'm... I look like this person. And then hearing other things growing up in school, like, oh, your mom didn't love you, or all of these different types of things. What can you do? Right. Right. So I'm seeing nothing. I'm seeing all of the things that they subscribe or they attach these labels to. And so then what do I have to achieve? What is my purpose at a young, young age? That's why, like, I go hard with youth. And I know we'll talk about that. But the major thing that I want to point out is... Yes, a huge factor of me not really have or feeling I like I had an identity or value. Value was a huge issue mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. And I'm learning even now, that. like, dang, the reason why I might be timid in these areas is because my childhood, I had that feeling of lack of value, that imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough because this is where I come from. So how can I be? Right. How can someone take me serious? Let me belittle the things that I'm doing. So all of that came from, you know, stem from certain things that were said, certain things that were done in my childhood, you yeah. know? So how did you, <clears throat> excuse me, how did you make peace with what happened to, to your mom and also saying now, now I know that doesn't have to be my story. So how, how did you make peace and how did you know that that doesn't have to be me? You know what? I think I think this is a a beautiful and also unfortunate thing that not until my 20s did I start to really tackle um, those emotions, feelings and that trauma, if you will. Mm -hmm. Not until in my 20s did I realize that one of the biggest issues that was in my life was the lack of going through the grief process Mm -hmm. for my mother. I was three and we were taught like my, my mom, Mm -hmm. my adoptive mother was a very strong woman and just very gritty, you know, get up and move. (laughs) It is what it is. Keep going. Those things are great. Sometimes it's difficult not being able to focus and say, you know what? I lost my mom. And that hurts. That's why she put us in counseling to try to talk to other people. But um, I think that as I continue to live my life and trying to mold and shape the person that I wanted to be, like take control and say, this is the identity I'm going to have. I then began to pay attention like, yo, I'm having issues here, here and here looking around like, yo, I don't have like long lasting relationships. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to continue these conversations with people or afraid of whatever. So in my 20s when I started to hit certain brick walls, I said, "Dang, this all got to do with me wanting my mom." Wow. I ne- mm-hmm. we we got to get back mm-hmm. to the little girl. Yeah. The little girl wanted her mom. Yeah. You know, my mom, um, Latifa Farid, um, she uh, told me stories about how my biological mother would come and visit us and she would be so high, you know, Mm. but that was my mom. 
Yeah. I didn't know what high meant. Yeah, yeah, she would yeah. be so high, she would fall asleep in my bed. And so my mom, my mom today would think that she's in there reading or doing something. She in the bed. I'm thinking it's funny. Mommy sleep in my bed. Oh my God, this is so right. cool. No, she was she was done. But that was my mom. Right. Mm -hmm. So that little girl who wanted her mother, but just pushed past those feelings of wanting her mother, just constantly pushing through every year of life, every year of life, not really actually like, yo, it's okay. Like I had to unravel all of the layers oh in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Really when I got married, when I figured out like, oh shoot. Oh, is that when it happened? Yeah. Like, okay. how was that? Ooh, you know? We should talk about that too. Yeah, right? Because like because like that that could be Oh my god. That could be a lot, you know, yeah, for I'm somebody a, to have yeah. to, you know, oh especially bringing someone else Facts. into your situation and having them to I'm sorry, they almost adopting, you know, a lot of, of the, the trauma and everything Man, as well, right. you know, so that's a whole, listen, this might be we might have to break this up. <laughs> this is a whole bunch of conversations. But it's interesting how marriage can showcase to you a different um, a different version of yourself that mm -hmm. you yeah, you don't know true. you never knew was there. Yeah. yeah. So before I was married, all I had to do was deal with me. Mm -hmm. It was like you know at that time it was me and my son. You know I was a single mother doing whatever I needed to do to take care of my child, working hard, just doing whatever I got to do to make a better me mm -hmm. to be the best mom I could be. So dealing with me, you just like, okay, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. This is great. Life is good. I'm just doing what I got to do. Then you get married and you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> First you point in the finger. You point the finger like, yo, what That's is so wrong true. with you? Mm -hmm. Like this, this is too much. Like you need to get yourself together because clearly I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You not. Cause That's I so got true. this. Right. But then like, you know, because of my, because my faith is so important important to me and wanting to be, you know, to showcase excellence within my life. Um, I had to really like go to God. Like I, I can't be perfect. <laughs> it's clearly like, it's, it's gotta so, be yeah, somewhere yeah, in some, there. Something's gotta be up. <laughs> and, um, I started to unravel what a beautiful man, what a beautiful journey it was just going into that war room, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just being open and vulnerable with God, like, yo, God, I got some problems. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to face the fact that I got them, mm -hmm. but I know that you got me mm -hmm. and I want to be a good wife and I want to mm -hmm. be a, a better, you know, individual within this household. Mm -hmm. So show me me. And he showed me ugly me. You know what I mean? And it started what way to, did he show it to you? Just, yo, like when you're reading the scriptures and it's talking about fruit, Fruit mm -hmm. of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about patience. Oh, yeah. Long suffering. All of those things that you're supposed to be, you, you're supposed to be bearing. And when you really are honest with yourself and you look back and you pay attention to your moves, you're like, mm, that's some rotten fruit. Mm -hmm. I ain't got that. I don't know. In these <laughs> certain spaces in my life, like, yo, like, I really need to do better if that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so um, showcasing to me, like, yo, you have to be patient. 
And so in order to be patient, you have to be faced with things that will push your patience. Mm -hmm. So you can exercise that growth, if you will. Like if you want to lose weight, you got to go to the gym or you got to do something, pick up the weight. It ain't going to feel good. Mm -hmm. And you will quit if you don't like to be uncomfortable. But if you keep at it, you're going to have some muscle. So I wanted the muscle. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to have to face this and work with this and um, communicate or what have you. So showcasing my impatience, showcasing my lack of trust, my fear of just all types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Through that, that made me a better me Mm -hmm. and led me to realize I'm just a broken little girl inside. Mm -hmm. And so I need to fix that little girl, hug her and tell her, yo, you good. It's okay. You, you here now. Right. And then nurture her to get to where I am today. Yeah. Feel me. So I, I want to go back yeah. Because we, we went to marriage, but I kind of want to go back. Yeah. So when you said that you noticed that you weren't um, cultivating long lasting relationships, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about because middle school, high school, those are some big years for yes. us. You know, they really mold us into who we are. So did you did you have even that one friend or a couple of friends or was it really just the people in your house that you would consider having a relationship with? So I I had I was like that kid that. Everybody knew, <laughs> but mm. I didn't really belong to a clique. That was wow. me. You know? That was a thousand percent me. Oh my god! I knew everybody. Wow. Knew. I mm-hmm. still kind of feel that way. Yeah. In this city, yeah, not, sometimes oh my god. like it's like oh, yeah, got, everybody yeah, knows me. <laughs> everybody knows me to a certain extent. <laughs> you know, um, and I can move and shake and ebb and flow in any mm-hmm. given circumstance. And I love you know, and I love that, and I, I love to be able to be free in that because I love people in different capacities. Yeah. I'm not just stuck into one space. I can't be. So, um, just it, I did have friends. Okay. I did have individuals like church friends that I, I hung around. I had mad cousins. Um, I, yeah, I had a lot of different friends in different capacities mm-hmm. in different spaces. Was, was there anyone that truly knew you? Who knew me, knew me, my, my sister knew me. Okay, you know? so fa- it, was, it family. was family. Yeah, okay. my sister knew me. My brother, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but even in there, there was a little bit of a, a distance, mm-hmm. you know. There was, there, it was always seemed like there was a distance within, you know, childhood. There was like this isolation, if you will. I think we did that to ourselves, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things um, you had mentioned earlier uh, about being exposed to things, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of helping to sh- shape, you know, your your view on this life and just everything that you had going on. Yeah. Kind of talk to that for a second. I want to talk about, like, uh, just the importance of exposure. And I, mm-hmm. and I bring that up because I know for me, I, this is why I love having these conversations with people mm-hmm. because a lot of what we, we speak about, it reflects my own experiences, mm-hmm. right? And I've been through a lot of the things, a lot of the traumas and, and things yeah. like that in life. And I know for me, even coming up, being exposed to a world outside of my my circumstances mm-hmm. at that time, it really just opened up my world for me, right? Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to see that there were things, there was a world bigger than just... Right everything that I was going through at that time. Right. So, but it took for me to be exposed to these things. So kind of talk to that, like talk about just how important it was for exposure for you to become the person that you are today. Yeah. I think one of the pivotal points in my life, there's many, 
One of the pivotal points in my life is Yo Buffalo. I mm. talk about it all mm. the time because mm -hmm. it was such a dynamic program. Yo mm -hmm. Youth Opportunity, mm -hmm. right, in, at JFK. Mm -hmm. And so the high school I went to was Performing Arts, which was on Clinton at the time. Yep. Right down the street yeah. is JFK. Yeah. Yep. So it was a perfect okay. situation, you know. And um, that program was phenomenal because it had mentors and counselors and, like, the adults weren't too far in age from the, the mm -hmm. teenagers. Mm -hmm. okay. So that was one, and they looked like us. And so they spoke our language, right. if you will. Mm -hmm. So they got it, mm -hmm. and they weren't... We had a good moment. You know, that, that time frame was so perfect for me because I felt like those that were in that generation before us that was in the program or teaching us, they weren't afraid to pass the torch. You know, where you get some elders that are like, oh, you got to <laughs> figure it out oh, on your own. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. Oh, man. But they weren't afraid to pass the torch. I learned so much from that. But um, in this program, they would pay us to come to training classes. Mm. Wow. And they would train us, like, job readiness skills, communications, understanding how to <laughs> be an employee, filling out timesheets, yep. making sure you um, speak the right way uh, in your emails, you mm -hmm. know, today, oh, Lord mm -hmm. Jesus, <laughs> but how to respond correctly in your emails and communications. They learned, like, they taught me the seven habits of highly effective people, Ooh, yeah. you know, yeah. that yeah. is very powerful. Mm -hmm. But then they took us on these trips. And we went to Washington, yes. D.C., yeah. and we went yeah. to Arizona and Louisiana. Go. And I got exposed to all these different places, places that looked like our city and some places that didn't. I rubbed shoulders with young people who were in foster care, who were dealing with similar stories and similar issues, but who were being impactful. Like yeah. running conferences, you 15 and you running conferences, <laughs> oh, I'm going to need to get with this. <laughs> and then it just changed my, my mindset because it's like all of the things that I keep hearing, you know, oh, the idea of being a failure to thrive, that was my label. Mm -hmm. That's what wow. I was labeled as. Now, in the 80s, you know, you're talking 86 and stuff. They had those kind of labels when you're a foster child or, you know, deemed a crack baby, if you will. They slap those labels, oh, this child is going to be a failure mm -hmm. to thrive because right. of this, this, and this. Right. Me, my sister, and my brother were diagnosed as emotionally handicapped. That due to the trauma that we experienced, we were not able to express ourselves to the certain extent that would be passing in yeah. society. So we were labeled with all these things. So having that, hearing those things... Yeah kind of feeling a certain way about myself, then being exposed to young people who are like confident, speaking in front of, you know, hundreds of other students, um, going to like Albany and speaking on behalf of programs. I was empowered. Yeah. I was like, yo, I don't, I don't have to accept mm -hmm. what people are saying. That's so interesting because I feel like two things can happen when you're exposed like that. Either you could be empowered or that, that, if you want to call that imposter syndrome, yeah. starts to come like, you don't yeah. belong here. Mm -hmm. So did, did that feeling happen oh, for you too? it's a mixture of that, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and it didn't, me being exposed to that stuff 
didn't stop me from making foolish decisions either. Mm. You know, it's it's a whole mixture. I was a teenager. And as a matter of fact, during that same time is where I met my biological father. And so all of this oh is happening gosh. at the same time. Wow, you know what lot. I'm saying? Yeah. And then finding out that my father, you know, ran the streets. And then finding more about my mother. Then feeling like, oh, so this is where I come from. So mm -hmm. I'm going to carry this identity. I'm going to do this now. And I'm going to live like this. And so trying, it was a constant search. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Being exposed to beautiful things, being exposed to terrible things. Right. And having that as a mixture and then having to make a choice. Like, what am I, how am, how am I going to mold and shape who I want me to be? You know, mm -hmm. what was the most surprising thing that you learned about your dad when he finally came back into your life? Mm -hmm. I really believe um, there's a couple of things. I really believe my my father loved my mom. He had a lot of. Women, okay. by the way. <laughs> I got 14. Papa was a rolling stone. <laughs> he definitely was rolling. <laughs> like, probably like 15, 16 kids. Okay. I learned that. I was like, that was probably the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I have more brothers and sisters. When I found out that I had two younger sisters, I, I lost it. I'm the youngest on my mother's side. Mm -hmm. And when I found out that my father had younger, you know, children, I'm like, oh, shoot. I got little sisters. And so I immediately went in big sister mode and I would be over there all the time. That was a surprise for me. So I, I was like, yo, I'm a big sister. I'm finna lecture them, mm -hmm. finna teach. I was young, like I'm finna tell y'all what's good. Y'all have to learn. Y'all have to figure out how to move in your life. It was, it was hysterical, but they listened. But that was surprising to me. It was surprising to hear other stories about my mother in a different way, mm -hmm. you know, um, just the, the loving portion of my mom, how hard she went for him, even though he was wow. just mm -hmm. extra. Then I learned about the poet part of my mother. Mm -hmm. He gave me a letter of hers that she wrote him. It was sad, but it was like, Okay, I get where I, I get where I get this from. Mm -hmm. Okay, the way she wrote. Um, so, me learning so much about my mother from him was dope. I'll say this too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you learning that your mom was a poet. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of how we got to? Ay 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 ay. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. It added value. Okay. For sure. Okay. But no, it it didn't. I was when I found more about when I found out more about my mother and her writing skills, the fact that she went to Buffalo State for journalism. She didn't wow. finish, but she went to Buff State for journalism, which I went to Buff State for journalism at first. Right. Had no idea. That's but cool. when I learned wow. that and that like my uncle, Ibn Shabazz, that's who what he's known as today, but we called him Uncle Paul. He was a he wrote um plays. Mm -hmm. Still a playwright. Some of those plays have been showcased at um, African American Culture Center. I was in one of the plays. My mother would do plays with my my uncle, mm -hmm. you know. And so finding out all this stuff, I'm like, yo, I get it. You know what I mean? Like that. Understanding where you come from is so important. I yeah, wish 
at four or five, I knew that about my mother. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, man, she was a writer. All right. Yeah. I still turned out to kind of follow some of those similar footsteps. But it, it's it's dope to, you know, learn about that. But as far as how I came to the writer in me it goes back to childhood. We went to counseling. One of the counselors noticed that I had a hard time expressing myself. She gave me a paper, pen, and said, write it down. Write down how you felt. Mm-hmm. And so I started to draw. I started to write stories. I found a way to hide within storytelling. And so writing about characters that spoke truth that was mine, but you wouldn't know that right? because it's a character. right? And so it was a way for me to release, you know, the feelings that I had, the emotions that I had without people really getting too much into my right, space. Right. So it was a safe way to release. And so I fell in love with that um, process. And that developed into poetry. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, hip-hop as a teenager, you know, fell in love with that. Yeah. No, so, okay. you know, we talk about this storytelling piece, right? Yeah. And I, I want to transition oh, a bit. Oh, she's so good at it. Oh, she's really, she's Oh, my she's goodness. Phenomenal I still listen it. to your music to this day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yes, I want to transition a bit, you know, to kind of talk about Uh, the business side of things, right? You have Get Focus Productions. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing business that you have. Thank you. Um, And the thing that I love love the most about it is how youth-driven it is. Uh, A lot of the the things that we talked about this a little bit earlier, but a lot of the things that we see coming out, uh, you know, from the company in terms of just like the content that you guys are Mm -hmm. creating, I mean, it's young people behind these cameras. It's yeah. young people out here just doing these things. So mm-hmm. um, talk a little bit about Get Focus, um, just how that idea came together and and why why the youth? Why do you why why was it important for you to make sure that it was it was youth driven? Mm-hmm. So Get Focus Productions is man, it's it's my baby. <laughs> it is, it is. Um just Capturing human first stories through photography and film. So capturing, teaching anybody, whoever, young, old, how to tell those stories, share those stories, own your own story. Um, And then giving back in, in two different ways, giving back to youth. And I found that like giving back in a sense of, I'd say archiving the voices within the community. So finding ways to finance and fund like a Tales from the Porch. Mm-hmm. How can I capture your story because you're dope and I want people to see you in the way that I see you. So let me find some funding and like focus on that and, and highlight that and propel that as much as I can. So that's the give back. And then um, just working to have youth incorporated in that in any way possible. Why? Because I was that young person. Yeah. I'm not who I am without the programs that I was given. I'm just not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm yeah. not who I am without Kojic Sunday School <laughs> and those old mothers in the churches, <laughs> you know, teaching us the memory verse and pushing oh. us to get in front of the church and say it. Yep. And hold your head up, yep. girl. That's right. <laughs> yep. Go, oh, you got the word yep. wrong. Go back and do it again. Okay, you got it, girl. Yep. Here's your sticker or your dollar or your, you know, candy or whatever this, the case is. So I remember that. I'm not going to forget how it felt to be highlighted 
to be, you know, to have a, to see these platforms, if you will, and these entities that have power or have voice and them giving it to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I made a commitment. I'll never forget. I made a commitment sitting at SEPA gallery down in a, in a basement at SEPA gallery. SEPA gallery is a, um, um, a dope space that, um, it's been around for almost 50 years and, I'd like to say it's a photographic, it's contemporary and photographic gallery, an organization that deals with youth and just propelling um, artists. So when I was sitting in there and I thought about what I was doing there as far as taking a blank image, watching it change through the development process, when I was given opportunities from Lauren Tent, who was the education director um, there at the time, when I was given opportunities, when I was propelled, when I was highlight, highlighted, I sat and I thought, this makes me feel like I can, I can do anything. Mm. Being a teenager, coming from where I come from, and to feel like that, I made a conscious decision sitting there. I said, you know what? I'm going to find ways to make this happen for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I must have been like 15, 16, or 17 in that space of time. And so I made a commitment then. And I haven't stopped since then because how I felt in that moment is how I think every young person needs to feel, mm -hmm. no matter what the situation is, because the, the biggest thing that we have to think about, and it's going to get all, you know, however it get, but this is just how I feel. Young people hold value. Mm -hmm. Right. They're next. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I'm done. You feel me? I'm in my 30s, and I need to make an exit you, plan. I want to say you're done. <laughs> no, I'm going to still be moving. <laughs> but in my mind, yeah. it ain't, a, it ain't yeah. about me. Now, I understand the, the story. I own my story. People are attracted to my story. I get it. It's purpose in that. Because there's a young person out there that's going to see this, that's a foster child sitting yeah. in a situation Word. that they feel like, yo, where's the end? I remember feeling like mm -hmm. that. Wow. There's some young little girl watching me, my every move, like, oh, man, oh, she did this? Okay, well, I guess I could do this. I'm living for that little girl. Yeah. I say little girl because that's I'm that's that little girl, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. if a young man is interested in, you know, they see something and they want to propel themselves, go for it. But I'm I have to continue to tell my story, no matter what. You can highlight it as long as whatever the case is. But I'm done. My mission is to find at least five young people who resemble something similar, mm -hmm. and I'm going to invest all that I can in them. I don't. No matter what, I'm going to invest in them all that I can. Not just money, time, yeah. and things like that, but knowledge, mm -hmm. information. Yeah. Come with me to 43 North and mm -hmm. capture images. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's going on over here? All right. Okay, this contract is this much money. Okay, guess what? This much money is going to be allocated to these young people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to find a way to make sure that those young people are constantly in that space because those five young people need to grab five people. Mm -hmm. Right. Because right. our, our next generation got to be solid. 
It has to be because I'm not going to be here for the rest of my life. Right. Well, I will be here oh, for the rest of your life, right? But you know that. Clean that up. <laughs> that sounded ridiculous. That sounded foolish. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, that's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do whatever I can to be a better version of me every day, fine-tuning me, fine-tuning the brand so that I can be the best leader that I feel the next generation deserves. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's what that's I, mission. that's what it yeah. is. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you, you had mentioned 43 North and, uh, one of the, uh, that I had the opportunity a few years ago, uh, to, to judge this competition. Um, uh, it was called the Ignite Buffalo. You know, Facebook was in town. And, you know, you got that, that people's choice award. Right. And, and it was, it was such an amazing moment just to see, just to see your, your raw reaction in I that know. moment when you found out that you won. Um, yeah. I mean, literally I was sitting on that stage, just like getting emotional myself, you know, <laughs> because I'm like, you know, you work so hard. You know, and you you've invested Facts. so much of your your time, your mm-hmm. talent, your own resources in, into into young people, into your business. And here it is like, you know, now you have something that that will help infuse, right. uh, you know, and help elevate what you're doing. Was that like do you, would you feel like that that was somewhat of a turning point in, in a business for you? Like when you uh, when you got that uh, when you got those resources back then? So I, I do as far as like the resources in it, like, wow, like er, this basically what I need yeah. in order yeah. to be a, be self-sustaining, mm-hmm. if you will. One of my things is like, if I'm going to own, I, I need to like walk, you got to walk a certain pathway in my mindset. Like I, my mom taught me we don't eat crow. So don't eat crow. Like we don't accept anything less. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to accept trash. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do as as great as I can. And sometimes there's compromises that you feel like you have to make if you don't have certain resources. Or, like, I see the value in what I'm doing, but you may not see it because I'm missing this, this, and that mm-hmm. as a foundation of a business. Yeah. And I know that in the back of my, you know, at that time, I know that in the back of my head, but I still got to move. I still got to make moves. So receiving that allowed for some of those foundational pieces within my business to no longer be a challenge, which allowed me to be able to propel the or move and set, situate the business in a way where it could be respected, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> available, you know, um, used as a platform or what have you. So it definitely shifted the business as far as resources. Mm-hmm. But the pivotal points were more internal that came after that process Mm -hmm. because you win that much money and you like, there's so many things you want to do. You start to set, you start to feel like, I think I have to do this because they're watching me. You feel me? Yeah. 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 And then trying to like, okay, well, hold on. Am I, Am I making a, this decision because I feel like they, whoever they may be, because yeah. we be having they's in our mind <laughs> yep. for no reason. Yep. And <laughs> is there, am I making this decision?
decision based on that or am I making this decision based on the brand of the business? Right. So I found I started to find myself in certain spaces where it's like, this is not really, this wasn't the, the um, pathway. Right. So, you know, getting focused, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think as time went on, there were some changes and some shifts that happened within me. Mm -hmm. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened during that time. I got signed to a label. Come on. Like, Come that on. was wild. <laughs> that was awesome. At the same time. <laughs> and so making a decision like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, like, okay, which one do I focus on? Mm -hmm. Do I focus right. on both? What is this going to do in this capacity? How will it affect this? How will it affect that? There was a lot happening at that at that time frame, not to mention like losses and a lot of things were happening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. What did you decide to do in terms of like your focus? You know? So I'd like to say that I in retrospect, I made a good decision, not knowing that COVID was gonna come. Yeah. Mm. Remember this I okay. won right before COVID. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And then sign right before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I did put my my focus into going in the direction of music, mm -hmm. still juggling business. Mm -hmm. So trying to juggle both taught me that I had to give up control. Yes. Because it was too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my mind, taking that opportunity to do music pushed me to understand that you need to develop a team, mm -hmm. you know? That's important. And so then I had to ask questions like, okay, what kind of team do I need? What mm -hmm. kind of people do I need? Mm -hmm. Which push you, pushes you to start to identify, okay, what kind of person am I? And what, how, what kinds of people do I attract? You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? What goals do I have? What is the mission? What is the vision of self? Yeah. And then who is going to help that within me and what is their mission? It, it could go on and on. But I had to start to ask myself these questions because I was tied in many different situations. Like literally, signing to a label means you need to create music. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's time. That's commitment. Traveling. I traveled all over the place. You did. I was yeah. here. I was in Chicago one day. California the next day, mm -hmm. this, this place, that place, doing this, all of these different things. And it was beautiful, but you can't do that and, right. and still have a, a stable, you know, business, if you will. You have to stop, pause, and then like, yo, what am I going to do here? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and get people in place. So, so you have two beautiful children. I do. Oh, they so dope. They are gorgeous. They are so dope. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Being a mom, what's something that your children have taught you about yourself? And also in the way that you grew up, what's something that you make sure your kids have that you were probably mm -hmm. without? Man, my kids taught me that I love being loved. Mm. It's dope. That's good. I really, I really do love being loved. Yeah. You know, it's unconditional. Your children give you this unconditional love mm -hmm. that um that can't be there's no other yeah. source, you know, mm -hmm. you can get that you've put, you created, if you will, these children. And it's like, they're giving you something that no one else can. Yeah. You know, I have my son and my daughter. That's, those are my loves. <laughs> so they taught me that. And what I feel like I give them or I want to give them or continuously give them 
it's like tips and tricks in life, you know, the things that I learned, I want to teach them, you know, but not in a sense of here are the mistakes I made. I don't want you to make them. So step over these rocks. Like, nah, you see those rocks? You might have to step on them rocks. You might have to move them. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but this is what I did for the rocks that I came across. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, whatever that may be in your life is what, what it may be. I'm their coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm my children's coach. Wow. I am, mm-hmm. I'm their, their guidance. Mm-hmm. Me, me and my husband, we're their, their coaches. When you look at it that way, um, a lot of things shift in your mind because yeah. I want you to win. But I have to pay attention to your strengths in order to help you win. Not the things that I want you to be strength, you know, have strength in. Mm-hmm. I got to see your strengths. That means I have to have a relationship with you. Yeah. I have to actually listen to you mm-hmm. and pay attention, you know. But I've never you. actually heard a parent say that, that I'm their coach. Because I think that it, it also uh, stops you from, from putting your desires onto them. It's like, oh, I see what you're becoming. I'm a coach to make sure you're good at doing that. Because I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. parents put their desires yeah. upon what they want their kids to be. So yeah. I've never heard that before. And, That's I, really good. I, and I have, you know, and because one of the things I don't want to do, and sometimes I think about this, I'm like, people probably listen to me and think I'm like, Getting it all right, I'm not. (laughs) I made a whole bunch of mistakes. But that's one of the things that I learned to change my language within um, parenthood and to identify, oh, shoot, I'm actually a coach, not just a parent. You know, um, the way that I dealt with my son and seeing how creative he is is. and how he handles himself or what have you and like, yo, yo, you could draw, do this, this and that. Yeah. So you can build this mm-hmm. and do this, you know, and just being like hovering, you know, like, oh, no, you got to make sure you set up a schedule for yourself and you got to do this. You got to do that, because if you want to succeed in this, then you got to do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, you sucking the fun out of mm-hmm. the thing he yeah, loves. Yeah. yeah. Like, let him be. Yeah. Let him do his thing. Yeah. You know, the, the line is not straight. That's OK for now. Yeah. You know, um, so. When I started to realize that burden, if you will, that you're putting on your child, you got to step back and say, okay, wait, this is not at all how it should be. I need to pay attention and listen, ask questions, yeah, you know, and then try to help guide your child. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter is an organized little young lady. <laughs> She's a teacher. In whatever capacity, she's turned her playroom into a classroom. And she was teaching her baby dolls grit. <laughs> I got video to prove it. Let's go teaching grit. Teaching them grit. And I'm wow. videotaping it, and I got up closer to her. She said, Mom, Ooh, too close. <laughs> You're too close, man. <laughs> I hit you with the dialogue. Okay. Too close, man. Just going, just, just. Wow. And so I pay attention to that. And so then I have to, as a coach, all right, what resources can I Mm-hmm. give you to yeah. add value to you not hover mm-hmm. not try to like help you to strengthen your weaknesses if you will yeah mm-hmm. um but more so like let me step back pay attention actively listen mm-hmm. and see oh all right let me give you a list i gave her a list like a checklist so after school when she comes home she has a list of things 
you know, put your school clothes away, clean out your lunch bag, uh, put away, you know, your books, read a book for 10 minutes, and you have to check mark because she loves she that's how she operates mm -hmm. yeah. she loves that my son he <laughs> <laughs> typical boy I love hearing stories like this from parents you know me being a new parent myself yeah, and, I know. and <laughs> love, that, love that boy but I, I just congratulations I'm, thank you thank you thank you like, it's, it's a long time coming you know but he's he's perfect he's in every which way yeah. you know but I'm taking mental notes right um because mm -hmm. I'm I've always wondered how I was going to be as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. And how I was going to teach my kid, you know, to do certain things yeah. in life. And just hearing how other people, I have friends around me who are parents and hearing how they, mm -hmm. you know, approach the situation, being a coach. Like, I, I love that. I know. I absolutely love yeah, that. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I, I could I could do that with my son. Like, yeah, <laughs> like we could, we could do yeah, that all right? day, you know? <laughs> so, but I just, I just love hearing, hearing stories like that. And, um, Speaking of stories, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about before we start the rap. I want to talk about uh, Tales from the Porch. Word. Tales from the Porch was that was an amazing. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I seen and you. Oh, you that, did a really good job on that. I can't Seriously. take credit for all of that. Nah, listen. Oh my god! That that Man. exhibit. That whole that it was just so it was incredible. a beautiful day too. It was oh, like just a so, it was a perfect yeah. day for something like that. Yeah, and so just that the me up, yeah, the Man, stories really itself. You said that. Yeah, that's how it goes. It always goes. Yeah. It always goes. So it's always good like to that. hear that. No, Thank but you. just like just the stories and listening and hearing other people's stories and and how they came up and just you know what drives them right. to be the person and all the people that they are. Um, I had the the very fortunate privilege of being uh, one of the one of your test subjects. He brought this up to talk about him. <laughs> I'm not that vain. I'm not that vain, Aviance. You're not. Contrary to what a lot not. of people might no, think. No, yeah, you know? yeah, no. I want people to yeah, think that. I no, I'm people, joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can get got me people thinking I'm conceited out here. You know what I'm saying? Nah. But no, um, <laughs> just being able. To, I, I love telling my story. I do because I feel like, and I started, people started to tell me at one point, like, Jamil, you have a really incredible story. You should start telling it because you never know who it can help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once I started telling my story and realizing that it was helping people, you know, in a kind of like in this indirect way, yeah. it made me want to keep doing it more. Yeah. Right. So right. to have a platform like Tell mm -hmm. Some Reports, it was so creative, you know, um, and it, it took me to, back to that mindset because when I was growing up, I Tina, like I spent and I think we talked about this a little bit before. I spent a lot of time on my porch, on my physical porch, 464 <laughs> Fillmore Avenue on the east side of Buffalo. I spent a lot of time sitting on that porch and just visualizing life outside of again those mm -hmm. circumstances right. that I was in and being able to have that vision and being able to manifest um a lot of the things that I that I have happening in my life right now it mm -hmm. you know it took for me to to kind of just sit still be on my porch yeah. and just kind of and just kind of let my yeah, imagination exist. run wild yeah right so I want to. I want you to talk about tales from the porch. Uh, just why, 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 why was it important for you to put something together like that? Man, tales from the porch started off as an experiment. So I think it was 2019. It was either 2018 or 2019 when I first when I did the first exhibit at mm -hmm. Buffalo State through um, the Anne Frank Project. And so you know, with social justice and things like that, you know. 
all throughout my life, you hear negative about the East Side. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's negative everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. East Side and any side. Mm-hmm. You know, it is negativity there, but there's also beauty there. It's a whole bunch of beautiful things. The East Side made me who I am, you know, helped. It was part of the process in building who I am today. So I wanted to see for myself, like, well, what about the other sides? You know, when you hear um, certain sides are racist or segregated mm-hmm. or this or that. All right, cool. I can accept those things or I can actually go into those spaces for myself and experience it and ask the questions that I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Shirley Chisholm said you can stand on the sidelines bickering and complaining or you can go implement ideas. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my things in life. Like, yo, I'm not going to I don't like complaining. I don't like how it makes me feel. I find myself complaining sometimes. So instead of complaining, let me go and use the tool to capture stories. So I went around Buffalo asking different questions of people on their porches. A lot of people gave me cold shoulders, a lot of no's. (laughs) But then there was a lot of beautiful yeses. Mm -hmm. And I only needed a few of them in order to prove the point that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, no matter what side you're on, you're human. Mm -hmm. You have experiences that shape your perspectives, that make you do what you do. So that was that, the whole idea of uplifting voices, capturing voices to showcase humanity. So then we come to where we are now. I was able to get a grant through NISCA because of the um, fiscal sponsorship that we have with um, Art Services, Inc. Okay. And so through this grant, we were able to get an opportunity to utilize the funds to do whatever creative project we wanted to do course i'm like yo i'm about to use this money and i'm about to showcase stories of individuals who are pushing through the pandemic at Mm -hmm. first it was about just the pandemic minority owned businesses i don't like saying that Mm -hmm. right dope business owners professional who have melanated beautiful minor about us (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but um individuals who i felt connected to within new york state so i was going to travel and uh capture these stories then May 14th happened. Mm. And I'm like, this this man, Mm -hmm. you know, created and and made evil happen within that space. And so one of the things my pastor, um, regional and executive chef, Stephen Foreman. He my will, God, shout out to You know Steve. what I'm saying? <laughs> my God. He's shout dope, ain't he? Yes, he is. So um, one of the things he was talking about during that time is how do we overcome evil with good? So I shifted just a little bit the project to who are the dope individuals right here in my city um, and how can I capture their stories? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I am. That was easy. It was hard trying to narrow it down Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of individuals. I could have focused on you. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, there's so many different individuals doing dope stuff. So um, I shifted the focus and focused on individuals who I felt were doing things Mm -hmm. well before they even had a title. Right. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah. That I just knew. Um, One of my favorite um, photographers is Gordon Parks. I have a couple. But Gordon Parks is dope because he spent spent time with his subjects. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, photographed this one gangster, if you will. (laughs) Like, he legit was a gangster, Mm -hmm. and I think, like, there was an entity that specifically asked him to capture. I'm getting somewhere with this. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I loved about the story there, because he went to get to know this gangster to take photos, because it was a life of a gangster 
you know. Mm-hmm. And so the the guy said, yo, man, like, you going to use your camera? Because they were just chilling, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like, when you going to pick up your camera and take a picture? Gordon Parks was human first oriented, you know. And Livovich is human first oriented. She does conceptual photography. She pays attention to her subjects. She notices them. She listens to them. Gordon Parks did the same thing. A lot of dope photographers that I look up to have done that. A lot of artists pay attention to their subjects. They care. It's passion first. It's not technical stuff. So I've been seeing how you move. I've been around you before you were cruise control, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Joanna Rozier. Oh, my goodness. Man, that queen, <laughs> who is so Shout humble. Shout out to my bestie. You know, like, to just the way she move and shake. I worked with Joanna for years. P-R-A-T-T. Like, we rocked that space, you know, doing youth development, developing programs and curriculums for the students, pulling in funding and different things like that. I heard you were an awesome counselor, Isaiah. Oh my God. I, that is, I love it. Counselor. I love yeah. I would I would do it again. I would do it again. <laughs> yeah, Joanna like <laughs> <that. laughs> <Come laughs> <that. laughs> you know, spend a day or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> spend a couple hours. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. And and other individuals, right? Like mm. Gail V. Oh Wells, man, legend. Buffalo's she's auntie. a legend. She got so much yeah. knowledge, and so it's a treat to be able to sit in the presence of individuals that carry this weight. And burden for uplifting community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just being able to just like, it was such a treat for me to just sit and listen, you know, to the gems they dropped. Alexander Wright. Mm. How you just out here about to (laughs) make an African heritage co-op for us? Man. In a fruit belt? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you're dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've been watching, you know, every single one of them, I've been watching like, yo, I look up to these people. Mm -hmm. They're fire. They, they, they're dope. And so being able to highlight what they do, just, it felt good. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say this, Itina, all of those people that you highlighted are very precious people, you know? Thank you. But you are, (laughs) you are, you are, you are, but, um, you know, growing up around you, you've always been precious to me. Like I've always, I've always seen you as that, like Itina, like Itina is, Itina is something that's so essential and necessary in life. And then to have someone like you actually in our city is, it's just a gift from God. So I love, I love the way that, that you, the way that you see people through God's eyes Mm -hmm. and just know that other people see you the same way as I do. Absolutely. Oh, I appreciate So that. I know that we don't want to take this too far, but what is the future plans for Get Focused Productions and anything else you have going on, actually? Lord have mercy. <laughs> you know, I got asked the same question uh, the other day okay. at my show. I was like, uh, there's so, yo, I'm going to give this answer because this is just who I am, right? I'm a, It's the same answer. I just want to be the best version of me. I want to give all of what I got. Kelly, in her interview, one of the things that I thought was dope that she said is she want to leave empty. Mm. She always says she that. Wanna, um, yep. she she wanna she wanna yeah. She want to die doing it. She want to die empty. And I'm okay yep. with that. Yep. I'm good with that. As long as I have 
um, done the best at what I can do foundationally, which for me is family. Family is important. Yeah. All this other stuff, like social media, accolades, and all of that, that's those things are great and they have its space, but I got to go home yeah. to my gang, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so that, those are the individuals I need to answer to. So that's what keeps me focused. So I just want to make my family proud. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I find my success. Mm-hmm. And then as far as business, that's an extension of me. You know, that's a tool to just showcase, you know, ignite thought, expand perspectives. It's just taking all of the things that I love telling stories through photography and film, Mm -hmm. working with youth, working with people, collaborating with organizations. I'm just doing what I love to do and just constantly driving the mission and vision, ignite thought, expand perspective. So I want to keep doing that. Yeah. A tangible thing. It would be dope to have a facility, right? To own the building and the land. I can see that too. To own the land and the building. That, that was actually a vision I had for you before. I was like, that gotta be next. For real. Um, Okay, so my my last question, I don't know if you have a last question for her. My last question is, a lot of the programs that you you were in, Mm -hmm. they're kind of not here no more, but do you know of any programs right now that Mm -hmm. teenagers can get into Mm -hmm. to kind of have the same sort of experience that you have? Absolutely. Y'all ready? Yes. Wakanda Alliance, Mm. right? Wakanda Alliance. Yeah, yeah, they're dope. Yep, Galactic Tribe. Oh, wow. Yep, Anthony Pierce. You got DQ. Uh, You got, um, is Andrea part of that Mm -hmm. as well? Yes, she is. You got a couple of strong, you know, individuals within Mm -hmm. a community who create programming, and I believe they meet every Saturday. And also they have a program on Wednesdays, I think it's called the SPEAR program, where you can learn about fitness, which is important to our, everybody. You have to stay fit. So you have that program. You have, um, Young Audiences, who has several different programs. Um, There's a program there that I was able to um, be a force in making happen, which is dope, arts, um, artworks. Okay. So it's a program built for teens to learn alongside uh, master teaching artists, and you get the gain, you know, earn money. Um, while going through this program and then just earn the skills and tips or what have you and then create a project at the end. Uh, so you work with like a dope artist, you know, and in, in a certain focus, whether mm-hmm. it's dance, video, whatever the case is. You have that. You have SEPA Gallery, which has a photography works mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on a board at SEPA. So nice. I okay. sponsor that the plug, program. Y'all. Come on now, you, you heard it. Super <laughs> Gallery is very near and dear to me. So that that program, Photography Works, where you work year long and you get a camera at the end. Nice. A Fuji camera, a dope one. That's amazing. That is, you know? Yeah. So okay. you got that program, you got BCAT. Okay. So that's BCAT a whole bunch of arts mm-hmm. within itself. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing some dope stuff. They are doing video mm-hmm. of um, capturing different stories of people within a community. Um, I can go on and on, but then you got bass. If you have young people who are interested in oh. dance, mm-hmm. gymnastics, yep. and things yep. like that, yep. you have Crusaders, yep. mm-hmm. the drill team, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know Kelly has a program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, YWEA. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so mm-hmm. she's doing dope stuff with, with young ladies. There's so many different programs. It's interesting when I hear people say, there's nothing to do in Buffalo. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just got to be connected. Y'all just Seriously. bored. You just got to go. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't be afraid yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Find, or, and if you can't find one, make it. 
I no, like that's that. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I Tina, this was an amazing conversation. It was. You Thank are, you for being the one. Yeah, you are an Appreciate amazing it. soul. Um, again, I just I love just being around you. Your energy is always oh, just absolutely. it's so infectious. You know, um, I just so thank you for thank you. just being who you are. Thank you and for all seeing that you're me. doing. No, absolutely. Oh, of course. Absolutely. How could you miss How could you? people, you know, people want to connect yeah. with you? How can they reach you? Okay, so you can go to Get Focus Productions mm-hmm. on Instagram. Spell Twitter. that too, because I know you spell oh, it a oh, bit yeah. different. Got, yeah, a, so. got a little K in the little <laughs> stuff that we do to make it cute. So Get Focused, Focus is spelled F-O-K-U-S apostrophe D okay. Productions. And so that's on all different platforms. Um, so you can go that way, or you can go through the music, mm-hmm. AI the Anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find information. So that's AI the A-N-O-M-A-L-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find me that way. And I'd like to call it, if you want to go to the home space, the website. So mm-hmm. AIDeanomaly.com, GetFocusProductions.com. Super dope. I love it. Yeah. You're, I think your music is when I really like fell in love with who you oh. are. Mm-hmm. Oh, your music is so dope. I, let it I just love it. <laughs> Drop. Thank nah, you. Thank you. Thank you again so thank much you, just for checking in with us and uh, again, as Avian's saying, for just being the one. You yeah, know, appreciate you, you know, you it. Are, Absolutely. You are the some, one we've been waiting for. Yeah, Aww. doing some amazing things. Yes. So so we appreciate y'all for checking in. Another Absolutely. episode of uh, We Are The Ones podcast. Make sure you follow us across all of, all of the social media platforms. We're on mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. You can just um, search us by We Are The Ones podcast. Um, we just got a lot going on. We got a lot of, a lot, a lot of dope, dope episodes coming up. We ain't done yeah, not nearly. I'm glad y'all doing this. Yeah, we thank appreciate you. that. Thank we appreciate you. you. So, yeah. so until next time, thank y'all. And Keep winning on purpose because you are the one we've been waiting for. Thanks for checking out another episode of We Are The Ones podcast. Make sure you subscribe and listen to our podcast on any of your favorite streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even on Audible. And then make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram at We Are The Ones podcast. And make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and share. Because remember, you are not just the one. We are the ones.